Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the 314th episode of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business Channel. We're broadcasting across the world this week from our temporary studio on Los Ramos in Barcelona in Spain, which has been quite the centre of activity this week. The um, Catalan independent movement is in full swing and uh, it's going to be very interesting what Catalan's like a state and they want to secede from Spain and, of course, the Spanish government federally they're not that keen on that. So it's kind of, I guess, a, Mex- a, a Spanish standoff, you might say, at the moment. Anyway, I'm in Spain to give a couple of presentations on disruption, which is fairly appropriate, and future-proofing your business. Uh, one last week to a um, business professionals group in Madrid and one tomorrow in Barcelona. Incidentally, when you're listening to this, it's 2 a.m. here in Barcelona. Fortunately, no one eats here until about 11 p.m., so I'm just actually coming back from dinner. Over the past few months, there's been a tremendous amount of media coverage regarding cryptocurrencies, particularly Bitcoin and Ethereum. And uh, no matter where you go in the world, everybody seems to know about Bitcoin, not so much Ethereum. And people have heard of blockchain but have no idea what it is and uh, so I thought today we just might might talk a bit about it. The blockchain is the platform on which Bitcoin and Ethereum operate and uh, blockchain is being rapidly adopted by banks, insurance companies, stock exchanges, um, all companies where they record a lot of data that needs to be very accurate. And uh, so that's led to, more recently, initial coin offerings, which are called ICOs. And they're the flavor of the month when it comes to raising funds for new enterprises. Uh, They're popping up all over the place. And in fact, the company that I'm involved with in Thailand has just launched an ICO to raise a lot of money. So... I thought I'd talk about that today. What is an initial coin offering and why are investors flocking to them? I mean, Bitcoin, we understand. If you invested um, $1,000 in Bitcoin about six years ago, you'd be worth about $100 million today. So it's appreciated from $1,000 to $100 million in just about five and a half years. So we can understand why people are using, um, launching initial coin offerings. They've become very popular with investors because of the huge growth in appreciation. And uh, so far in 2017, ICO have raised over $1.8 billion and uh, one recent ICO, just a couple of weeks ago, raised $35 million in 30 seconds. 
So <laughs> they're very popular, but they are getting unpopular with governments around the world. And the reason is that uh, it's not backed by any bank or government. The government can't control it. The government hasn't yet been able to work out how to tax it. And the government, it's all secret. So the government hasn't been able to yet work out what they can do. I'm sure they will because just way too much money is flowing in there. So it's all part and parcel of the rise of cryptocurrencies in recent years. Bitcoin's the most famous as the original and still the dominant iteration of, of um, cryptocurrency. It was tr- tr- created as a form of digital cash with, uni- with the unique property, as I mentioned, that it's not backed by any bank or government and it was specifically designed not to be centralised. So it makes it difficult for the government. For this reason, it's always had a certain lawless aspect to it, and it became the currency of online digital crime. Uh, We've heard about the companies that are holding, they're using ransomware to hold companies to ransom, you know, locking up a company's... um, um, files, digital files, and then charging them a fee to unlock them. And, of course, it's all in Bitcoin, which means that uh, you can't trace it. Nobody knows where it's going. So with cryptocurrency space, ICOs have become the favourite way to make raise money in a manner that's a bit like venture capital funding, I suppose, but without any of the oversight normally found in the process. For those of you who raise money through um, venture capital, you've got all these rules and regulations by the SEC in America. and uh, But ICOs uh, don't have a lot of the oversight that's um, normally found in that process. ICOs are typically built on the technology of another cryptocurrency called Ethereum, Ethereum was designed as an independent world computer rather than just a form of money. And like Bitcoin, Ethereum's a decentralized payment network with its own cryptocurrency, which is technically called Ether. And this allows anonymous transactions to be sent across the internet and anywhere in the world instantly and anonymously, <laughs> without government oversight or the need for a bank or other middleman. And it's also very inexpensive to do. For example, I can send money across the world anywhere I like with um, cryptocurrency. It costs me nothing or practically nothing, like a hundredth of a cent or something. And it happens instantly, not like banks where you send it today and it might arrive on the other side of the planet in a few days. Send it today, it's there within a couple of minutes. Nobody knows who sent it and nobody knows where it's gone. So, hence, governments are not happy. So, transactions are stored on the blockchain, which is this decentralized ledger, and they can't be, um, they can't be hacked, they can't be altered. Once they're on there, they're on there. So, where it differs from Bitcoin is that as well as allowing currency to run on its network, Ethereum can run all sorts of things, including smart contracts, which are a form of digital contract that executes 
automatically once a certain set of conditions is met. So you set the conditions, you put it on the blockchain, which is on the Ethereum platform, and as soon as those um, conditions are met, the money's paid. You can't stop it, prevent it, do anything. It's done. And uh, so ICOs are built on these contracts. So an ICO basically involves creating a marketable token or a coin that can be purchased with existing cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin or Ether or other traditional currencies, even like the US dollar. So the investor effectively purchases digital tokens that can be used within a specified ecosystem. So investors could also decide to hold onto the coins, speculating the business is going to be successful, which increase the demands for coins and therefore their market value. But what actually attracts investors at the moment is the speculative value of tokens on cryptocurrency exchanges rather than the original intention. For example, you could buy a cryptocurrency today for 10 cents and tomorrow it could be $96. And that doesn't happen with traditional investments. So since ICOs totally unregulated, investors have no recourse should the project not deliver or totally disappear. And uh, some ICOs do not allow citizens from certain countries, particularly the United States, to participate because the Securities and Exchange Commission is looking at it very hard to see what they can do. And they're also subject to the volatility that affects cryptocurrencies in general. All cryptocurrencies and tokens are tended to the price of Bitcoin, the coin that acts as the cryptocurrency's reserve currency. And, uh, you know, the price of Bitcoin can fluctuate up to $800 in one day. So it can be 6100 the next day it's 5300 And that's just the risk you take. On the other hand, it could be 5300 one day and 6100 the next day. If you just into the pro- tuned into the program, I'm broadcasting today from Spain and... Uh, it's wonderful here. I love it. And it's about 2 o'clock in the morning, so um, I hope you enjoy the show. <laughs> I love getting up this early in the morning to do it. Um, do you get my daily 30-second read business newsletters? We now have got about 1.7 million daily subscribers. It's a lot of people reading it every day. It takes just 30 seconds, and every day we tackle a different subject. We talk about advances in medicine, we talk about new apps, we talk about new technologies, we talk about things like Hyperloop and autonomous cars and blockchain and a whole bunch of really interesting stuff. It's free, it's information is invaluable. So um, I must admit it's a pain in the ass to write. It takes me about two days every week to write the five daily newsletters, but it's gratifying to see so many people reading it and getting a flood of emails every day saying how great it is. I get the odd one that says it sucks as well. And uh, a lot of companies now are starting to send it round to um, all their staff. If they come across one that um, pertains to their industry, they send it to all their staff, and that's that's very cool. So thank you very much for all the, um, all the responses. I really appreciate it. Now, if you don't get the newsletter... Go to my website, 
bobpritchard.com and enroll. You won't regret it. I promise you. Now, one thing you learn very quickly once you begin business in the real dog-eat-dog world is that many people that you deal with are liars. I mean, when you're at college, business seems pretty straightforward. You do this and you do that and they do this and they do that and reach a deal and whatever. But when you get out there, people are dishonest. People don't do what they say they're going to do. They string you out. They don't pay you. There's a whole bunch of things that um, don't go the way you expect them to. People say one thing and mean another. So people who mean what they say and understand the people that don't mean what they say, you could learn some very expensive and some extremely painful lessons. So how do you spot a liar? One profession where you really need to be able to read people is playing cards professionally. Now, there's a champion poker player who explains how to tell when somebody's lying. You watch their eyes, says champion poker player Phil Helmuth. Um, he's made a career at calling people's bluff. So far, he's won 14 bracelets in the World Series of Poker. That's incredible. And a total prize money so far in tournaments of just on $22 million. And you've got to admit, that beats the fuck out of working for a living, doesn't it? $22 million. So he's obviously pretty good at um, working out whether people are lying or telling the truth. Helmut's success comes from exactly that, his ability to read people. He says success in the card game is 70% reading people and only 30% having the right cards. Now, I think this is pretty much the same in almost every business. So this poker brat, as he calls himself, has picked up one trick to help him get better read on people's true feelings and to detect potential liars. It's a simple test anyone can use, whether you're dealing with somebody bluffing over a hand of cards or in the workplace. You simply stare at them. <laughs> he says it's super effective. So to paraphrase the old cliché, the eyes of windows into how we're feeling. In a, his book called Read em and Weep, sorry, Read em and Reap, he's reaped $22 million, that's pretty good at reaping. Um, Navarro writes about the subtle clues our pupils give off. When we like something, our pupils dilate. When we don't like something, they constrict. So pupils change size due to all sorts of stimuli, including, you know, drug use and attraction and fear and changes in light levels. So it's important to assess the context of the situation and trust your gut if you're going to use this trick. Now, Faro says you just have to trust your instincts. And if you've got a doubt, don't do the deal. Now, people have got very little ability to croak control how their pupils react to stimuli, which is, of course, what makes watching somebody's pupils a great way to tell whether they're truthful or whether they're liars. Of course, changes in pupil diameter 
signals a person's emotional state, not necessarily dishonesty. But if an individual's words don't match their eyes, you go, aha, they're probably lying to me. So for example, if your friend gets a call that causes their pupils to contract, but when you ask them how they are, they say, I'm fine, everything's fine. The reality is that they aren't fine at all. Now, Helmuth wrote about a situation in Read em and Weep where he was able to fold and miss out on a major loss after realising his opponent had a full house. How could he tell? His competitor's eyes dilated as soon as he got that last card. So as soon as the eyes dilated, he knew this guy was on a winner and uh, decided that he was going to fold. So just by watching the eyes, he saved himself a huge amount of money. Of course, life's not a poker tournament, and it's not always good manners to stare at someone for an extended period of time, but it's better than making a giant and possibly costly, very costly, mistake. I mean, when you're in business, it's bloody tough out there, and people will lie to you. People say they've got this big order happening. They'll say, that, you know, everything's wonderful and, you know, it's all, they've got new developments that are all just about to come to fruition. And often, none of it's true. So next time you're having a tough conversation with someone and you can't work out whether or not you should do the deal, watch their eyes. And if their eyes dilate, well, you know that they're, um, they've got something good happening and you don't. You can always stare them in the eye and ask them a direct question. Now, my guest today is one of my very best friends and one of the most talented people on the planet, Freddie Ravel, been a good buddy of mine for a long, long time. And we compare notes on all sorts of stuff. We sort of mentor each other. And he began his career playing with Sergio Mendez. Not a bad place to start your career. And then joined Santana. He wrote um, music for the movie Evita with Madonna. Also not a bad thing to put on your resume. He's also developed an extraordinary speech presentation for business leaders where he brilliantly relates music to business. And, uh, you know, we both speak to business audiences and um, Freddie is just incredible at it and he gets major presentations all over the planet. So he gives you a business lesson and a world-class concert all in one. I went and saw him record his last album. He was at um, the Crystal Cathedral and uh, he plays with Earth, Wind and Fire. So he had the Earth, Wind and Fire guys there. He had a full band orchestra and then he had like a 35-piece choir and uh, it was sensational. And I was also very fortunate to be a master of ceremonies for a concert in Los Angeles that starred Freddie and the late great El Giro. We had a wonderful time.
I'll be back with Freddie after this short break on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, coming to you live from Barcelona, Spain, on the Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Now, this is the part of the show where we talk to extraordinary people. You know, people that have enjoyed great success and are really making a difference out there. You know, there are so many amazingly talented people in this world and, you know, I love to speak with them because they have so much that they can teach me and all of us. And my aim in these interviews is to try and find out what are the characteristics of these people that makes them great? What's that one defining thing that um, gives them the ability to be so successful? And then how each of us can learn from that. My guest today is an amazing talent. I'm proud to say he's a friend of mine and we actually live in the same suburb of Los Angeles. Freddie Ravel is a Grammy-nominated music producer, a composer, and a musician, and he began his career performing worldwide with Sergio Mendes when he was only 23 years old. Now, since then, Freddie's worked with people including El Giro, Madonna, Prince, Quincy Jones, Stevie Wonder, Boston Pops, Earth, Wind and Fire. The list goes on and on. Okay, so the guy's a superstar. He's up there with all the greats. But there's a hell of a lot more to this guy, I found out, with enthusiastic endorsements from people like Deepak Chopra, the legendary Jack Canfield, who all of us in business know, and organisations such as Apple and NASA and dozens and dozens more. Freddie absolutely mesmerises corporate audiences with a brilliant presentation. I mean, we've all seen a million business presentations, including mine. And they're all the same, really, aren't they? I mean, some of us, like me, are funnier than others, and, you know, we got a lot going for us. But Freddie's is different. Freddie uses music 
to relate back to business, emphasize with a bit of rock and roll, to show people how to build their business. It, Freddie, the true meaning of edutainment, and Freddie reveals that music is the perfect metaphor for the dynamics of change, collaboration, and success. Hi, mate. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Well, greetings, Bob. It's always great to be with you. So how are you? I, I'm, man, I'm, I'm telling you, it, life could not be better. I'm filled, first and foremost, I'm just filled with a lot of gratitude. I'm always very grateful for, for every day, and uh, today is no exception. Yeah, it's a good day today. I just had breakfast with a friend of yours, as a matter of fact. Um, with your Tune Up to Success program, you've turned music into an intuitive multitasking power tool for how we work and engage by relating music, melody, harmony, rhythm, and the overall score to various facets of business. Mate, can you just explain to us how this works in a broad sense of business, and then we can get down to some of the specifics? Absolutely. My pleasure, Bob, and thanks for laying it out. You just laid out the the basic structure of music, and one of the mantras I like to share with, uh, with audiences is that the structure of music is the structure of success. And here's what I mean by that. You know, music is made up of of basically four elements. The first piece is melody. The second one is harmony. The third is rhythm. And the fourth one is called the score. And the reason I have it in that order and we present it in this order is because, you know, Bob, if I ask you, you know, how does... Now, how does a song like New York, New York go? I ask you that. I'll bet you're going to go. Yeah, you're going to sing the melody to me, right? And, yep. and the melody is the identity of a song. Pretty much, you ask anybody how any song goes, and they come back to they always sing you the melody. Now, if you think about it, the melody of any piece of music expresses the vision of the song. Right. It expresses the message, the purpose, the passion. It, it carries the DNA of the song. So this is what a melody does. Now, if you think about uh, the, the harmony, the harmony provides the support to the melody. And um, it gives the chordal reference so that the melody has meaning. So harmony is somewhat of a supportive aspect of music. And then rhythm is the driver. Rhythm is the drummer. And it has everything to do with the timing and the tempo and the pacing that frames melody and harmony. And then finally, when all of those three elements come together, Bob, you arrive at a thing called the score, uh, which is really like synergy, where the, where the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Okay. And that, in a nutshell, Bob, is how melody, harmony, and rhythm equal the score. And uh, it's just a very clean way of looking at the basic, broad view of music. Okay. And All right. Relate back to business. Okay, so here we go. Now, here's the other side. So we, we, we mentioned that the melody is the expression of a vision. If you think about any business, any entrepreneur from the small time, one or two man, you know, mom and pop shop, all the way to, up to the gigantic corporation, both entities all the way have to have a vision for their products and their services. 
Absolutely. They have to have an end goal in everything they do. So the everything they talk about that has to do with the vision of their company is the melody. If a business is music, the vision is the melody. Okay. All right? So that's it. Now, the melody, remember, the melody is what the consumer or your clients, now I'm talking to the business person now, it's what the, it is what your consumers or your clients are hearing at first blush. It makes the first impression. You know, uh, when Apple went out there and said, how are we going to say, you know, sing our melody, we're going to go with something like, think different. Or or Toyota's going to say always low prices. Or Microsoft is going to say your passion, our purpose. In other words, they have these little mantras that they put out there that are designed to hook you and, 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 and in a very quick, short amount of time, give you their vision. That's the melody. Okay. Is that leadership as well? I mean, that's... Absolutely, because, well, uh, who, if you think about it, who's the person, you know, Jeff Asis, for example, right, at Amazon, he's the guy who stands up and expresses the vision of Amazon, and he, of course, is the CEO. Yeah. So, uh, you're absolutely right, Bob, it is the leaders, the CEOs, or the top executive people of a company that are expressing the melody. <laughs> Every day. Ideally, they're singing the melody, and I, I mean that almost literally. I mean, they're singing it with a tone of such belief, passion, that they believe that what they're doing is of such value and benefit to their public and to their customers that customers hear it loud and clear. And the best CEOs, the Howard Schultz's at Starbucks or Jeff Abe's or, or uh, you know, the Richard Bransons are very good at making their vision sing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> right? Okay. So, first, right, so that concept, if everyone kind of kind of wrap your, your head around the idea that a vision has to sing, you can already see how music can be intertwined with the most basic aspects of corporations. So now we got a vision, right, Bob? Now let's look over at what supports the vision. And what always supports the vision is where harmony steps in. This is this is your team, this is your management, and the basic concept of harmony is that harmony is collaboration with purpose. Right. All right? Yep. Uh, harmony is collaboration with purpose. Once that concept is there, a leader knows that he's got a team to back him up. All right? And then, finally, the third piece, and this is the big one, this is the one kind of where most businesses really kind of drop the ball and it is where rhythm steps in. Now rhythm, if you think about rhythm as time and subdividing time, uh, that's really what rhythm is, you know? Uh, It's, if I'm going, I'm singing kind of a hip hop groove, it's at about 90 beats per minute, it's funky, it feels good, but just what I sang just now, there's about four seconds of time subdivided in a, spe- in a specific feel that makes it feel hip-hop, right? Yeah. Well, what if we were to expand that to be five minutes of time, and as you listen to that, it made your head bob up and down. It allowed your brain to focus on specific tasks that helped you stay up, optimistic, and effective. Well, now we've applied rhythm 
to your melody, which is your vision, your harmony, which is the other people in your life that you interface with or, and the team that supports you, and we put rhythm. And what's beautiful about rhythm is that it, it's how you accomplish things across time. Um, and, and Duke Ellington wrote a, Duke Ellington wrote a very famous song about the consequences of, of not having your rhythm together. He had a great melody. And he had a great harmony. But the title of the song is about the rhythm not showing up, and it's called It Don't Mean a Thing If It Ain't Got That Swing. Swing, yep. <laughs> okay. And it really means, you know, it, the concept there is that you could be, you could have a great business with a great vision and, and, a, and a great desire for your products and services to happen, and you could have a great team that's helping that happen. But if you're not, if you're missing all your delivery dates, if you're missing the deadlines yes. again and again and again, it means that you need a new drummer in your organization. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, in I a way. It's kind of more like, you know, you know how we say content is king and distribution is queen? Yes. Uh, rhythm, is a, rhythm is the distribution. Right. Right. Okay? Yeah, I've got so you. got me? And then, of course, so now, now, assuming you've got your delivery and your rhythm is in place, when that all comes together, you have success. And, and, and success is the, is the equivalent of the score. When you have melody, harmony, rhythm, and you arrive at the score, well then, on the other side, you've got vision, collaboration, and time management, and you arrive at success. And you've, you've got a smooth, flowing, totally coordinated business strategy and structure. Okay. There it is. And, 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 and Bob, I believe that, all, that, that your audience, all the people that listen to the great work you do, bringing business people together, is really about how do we make the world a win-win paradigm? How do we, not only how do we sell stuff and make good business, but ultimately how do we serve each other is always the bottom line of everything. I mean, the return on investment is really the return on, on, the, on, the, good, on the good that you bring the world and the benefits you bring your clients and customers. And that is a score that uh, is, is so beautiful that it parallels the greatest symphonies in the world and the greatest music in the world. And, and I, that's why I've always seen business as something that could be harmonic prosperity, if you will. Yeah. Everybody wants to listen to it, so therefore they do business with you. It makes a lot of sense. Now, okay, you've got... I've read some of your reviews. You've got incredible reviews from corporations and organizations as, di as diverse as Morgan Stanley and NASA. And, you know, I've done a lot of work for Morgan Stanley and done a lot of presentations for Morgan Stanley, and they've always been a great audience, that they said to you, Freddie's valuable lessons were implemented immediately. I don't ever remember them walking out of one of my, one of my presentations saying, geez, we're going to do that now. Um <laughs> <laughs> and so take me through a Freddie presentation to a room full of businessmen you, you're in there with a room full of 400 people um, is it the all singing all dancing what give me a feel of what a, a presentation by Freddie to a business audience is like 
Well, the, the, the very first part is kind of tricky to do on a, uh, tricky to do on a phone interview. Uh, but imagine a nine and a half foot concert grand piano or depending on the crowd, I even have a keyboard that I strap around my neck, <laughs> you know, that, that's a bit more rock and roll. But depending on the audience, let's say a Morgan Stanley crowd, I'm going to envision, let's say people in suits and ties all buttoned up, yep. nine o'clock in the morning at a ballroom at a big hotel, let's say in, in New York, something like this. Yep. Um, this is a pretty, <laughs> this is what you would call, you know, a tough crowd, right? Yep. Because and they're all, yeah, it's like, you know, what are you going to show me kind of yeah. attitude from them, arms crossed. <laughs> show me something I don't know. Yeah, that's right. Well, first and foremost, uh, you, you know, I know that I'm going in to um, a mindset that uh, has that attitude, okay? But I have to tell you that, you know, underneath the suits, you know, there's a heartbeat. I mean, we all, we all started... We all have a 76 beat per minute approximate heartbeat, yeah. and um, we're all drummers internally just by using that as a as a tool. Okay. So how you know I, I I know that I'm going for alignment with that heart and soul of each of those people in that audience. Yeah. So that's my mindset. I, I begin with that mindset, and I also begin with the mindset that I'm about to use the world's undisputed international language to communicate. Right. So that's, that begins everything. I don't even, uh, I know that I'm going to use some tools that are, are going to get to their emotional quotient, uh, not just their intelligence quotient. Yes. Yep. All right. We're yep. going to go after their heart. We're going to go after that. So the first thing I do is we start off with music. We give the sense that there is a, that they're at a concert. Right. And 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 frankly, we 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 rock out. <laughs> I mean, in two in about a minute and a half, they're on their feet, and there's there's loud applause, and I haven't even said a word yet. Yeah. So I need some that, of what you got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're, you know, be, we've got to team up on some things, Bob. I know we'd have a great time, but you just you know, first and foremost, I mean, by the way, what I'm saying is what's been done in churches for hundreds of years. Yeah. You know, before the preacher comes up, he makes sure that he's got his choir and the organ and the gospel and the groove completely, uh, you know, getting everyone behind him. Because those people know, that, you know, almost better than any other institution, that you got to have your music going on before you can even deliver the words. Yeah. So, I need to connect they yeah. need to connect because they're going to ask people for money somewhere down the line here. <laughs> you got it. You got it. And if you give them a great friend, there's going to be a lot more cash in the plate when it's all over, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, so you, so uh, you know, I began this entire journey with Tune Up to Success with the mindset that we are using racket fuel for humanity. I, my view on music is that it's not just an art form, that it's a multitasking power tool that can help us be more effective. And the main thing that I, I, I need to really emphasize to your listeners is that um, the word listen, L-I-S-T-E-N, is really silent when you mix, when you play those letters around. You can take S-I-L-E-N-T and you have the same letters as L-I-S-T-E-N. And I talk a lot about the fact that listening is one of those silent skills 
that we never really get taught in school, you know. They'll teach us everything about trigonometry and quantum physics and, and all kinds of abstract stuff, but listening, the art of listening, is such a needed skill, and there's many reasons why it's so needed, but, um, you know, we speak at about 150 words a minute. Our minds go at 600 to 1,000 words a minute, so... You say anything to a colleague, you say anything to a customer, and it's highly likely that their brain is thinking of four to six times faster than anything you're saying to them. And if you understand how to slowly or, or, or methodically deliver messages and listen to people, you'll become an extraordinary salesperson, you'll become an extraordinary CEO, you'll become more effective in everything you do. And so this is a big piece of what I'm doing. So uh, uh, again, you asked me to walk you through. You start off as a concert, and then you present music as the multitasking power tool, and almost everyone agrees with that one. Yeah. And then you show them that melody is linked to, the, linked to leadership, but you do this with a piano. <laughs> yeah. And then you and then you show them how their teams are really a form of harmony. And then you also talk about dissonance, and I think it's really important to talk about dissonance, Bob. Um, dissonance means that, um, you know, it must be a lot. It's going to happen. Stuff's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. We're going to have a rub. There's going to be a challenge. And it's, it, and, and it's actually how do you deal with dissonance so that it makes you stronger? You know, the bamboo bending in the wind. How does, you know, the bamboo gets stronger with the wind forcing it to bend, and the bamboo's better for the wind, right? We're yeah. better for the dissonance. The dissonance, without dissonance, we don't grow. And music has a beautiful way of, of demonstrating dissonance and resolution, and I do that a lot with the piano okay. um, by illustrating that. And then finally, uh, we talk about timing and rhythm, and this is where the Morgan Stanley financial people really embrace this, because I tell those folks that they are the drummers of the world. Right. Like that. <laughs> and they love this one, Bob, because, you know, we don't say, we don't say melody makes the world go around, we don't say harmony makes the world go around, but we definitely say money makes the world go around. And the reason that is, is the moment you put money on the table, if you say, okay, here's, here's $500,000, I want this done in seven weeks. Well, now, all of a sudden, the parameters, the amount of work that it's going to take, the, the different kinds of people it will take to complete a task, will come to the fore because there's been money put on the table and a deadline. Yes. And all of a sudden we know that that's gonna take us 120 beats per minute to achieve that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the drummer has shown up. So money is, and, and, and currency and commitment and integrity and promises kept because that all revolves around the energy of money. Does money when all that comes together, that, that's, that's, that's when you achieve, the, achieve success. I'm yet to see, I've got to say, I'm yet to see money and integrity go hand in hand pretty much anywhere, <laughs> but I understand what you're saying. <laughs> you know, you know, I guess what we need to emphasize is that just because you get the payment doesn't mean that there was integrity behind the whole thing. But, you know, I think what I'm trying to say is that when you do have a deadline, you have to put a team together, yeah. um, you know, 
What I'm speaking to is execution, I think is a better word. Yeah, no, I appreciate what you're saying. Freddie, thanks very much for joining me on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Um, You're welcome. I really appreciate it. And uh, if you'd like to find out more about Freddie Ravel, you can either join us on our carpool next Saturday when we go to metal, or you can go to Freddie Ravel, F-R-E-D-D-I-E-R-A-V-E-L dot com. He's a great guy. It makes a lot of sense. So if you're planning on having a conference and you're sick of the same old business speakers like me, give Freddie a call. He will uh, really liven up your event and get a very powerful message through to your team. I'll be back with more of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show in just a couple of minutes. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking Absolutely No Bullshit Business Radio Show. We're on Voice America Business Channel. We've been here for nearly six years. And we're the number one global business radio show for entrepreneurs. This week we're broadcasting from Los Ramblas in Barcelona in Spain where there's loads of protests and whatever about the um, possible secession um, from Spain of the Catalan. And this has been going on for about a thousand years, I understand. So whether they resolve it this week or whatever, I'm not sure. Now, we've taken great strides as a society. And despite the gains we've made, social mobility remains stagnant. Three billion people, that's 3,000 million people on this planet, which is a lot, it's actually over 45% of the planet, cannot access basic credit services. They've got no access to credit whatsoever. And fewer than 9% of citizens in developing economies have ever received from any financial institution. So just think about that. Just imagine... You know, we sit there in our 
first world countries and uh, we've got access to the bank. We've got access to credit cards more than we ever want. We've got access to all sorts of funds. You want to buy a car, you just go fill out a form, get a car. Um, but fewer than 9% of people in developing countries have ever been able to get any money whatsoever from a financial institution. So in countries rich and poor, access to credit is absolutely fundamental to social mobility. If you can't get money, you can't buy a home. You can't buy refrigerators. You can't buy all the things that you need. You can't buy a car to get to work. And therefore, it's very difficult to become wealthier because you have no base on which to start. And uh, no matter what your age, your gender, your language, your nationality, credit's the key driving force to boosting prosperity. You think about most people have got wealthier by buying a home and then in five years' time, their home's doubled in value or gone up a lot. So they've increased their wealth, their worth, by getting a loan. But most of the world can't get, get one. So, you know, whether you're looking to buy your first home or whether you're looking to buy a car or starting a small business or growing a larger business, virtually every human on the planet depends on getting some credit. It's the gateway to financial inclusion and ultimately financial freedom. You just think back if you hadn't been able to ever get a loan, where would you be? You know, you had to work and save up for everything you bought. Couldn't buy a house, couldn't put a deposit on a house because you couldn't get a loan. So you had to pay for the whole house. You wouldn't have one. And uh, that's the problem that most people have. And that's one of the reasons why there's getting a bigger and bigger gap between the haves and the have-nots, access to credit. And credit issues are not just limited to developing economies. 90% of the top lenders in the United States use a thing called the FICO score, F-I-C-O. And uh, i got to tell you, I, get, I check my FICO score every month and watch it very closely because your prosperity and your success is going to depend on your FICO score. But despite the fact this is in the United States, over 45 million Americans don't have a credit score and therefore there's no ability to borrow. I mean, you can't even go into Macy's and open a, a charge card unless you've got a FICO score that's okay. So if you can't ever do that, then you can't advance. In the United States, the most planet, millions of creditworthy borrowers are denied the right to own a home, start a business or reach financial stability thanks to the artificial scoring limitations imposed by effectively three central credit bureaus. In China, your credit score is affected by your political opinions. France, Portugal, Spain and the Nordic countries don't have credit scores, opting to only report negative information. In the United Arab, Arab Emirates, religious restrictions 
um, on lending have prevented the developer of consumer credit reporting. In the United Kingdom, you have trouble getting a high credit score if you're not registered to vote. So despite these um, inefficiencies, they squander the potential millions of people, billions of people. In the world of globalisation, the credit industry is far from global. It is the perfect industry to be disrupted. And at a time of rapid technology change and disruption, this is ripe for a company called Bloom. And build on Ethereum and IPFS, Bloom brings credit to the modern age. It's an, it's an end-to-end protocol for identification of identity, risk assessment, and credit scoring entirely built on the blockchain. Totally transparent and secure, can't be fiddled with. It's not a lender, but it's a platform. And uh, Bloom is a standardized program ecosystem to, to facilitate on-demand, secure, and global access to credit services. So everybody will have access to Bloom, and it's built on, it depends on a whole bunch of things in addition to just how well you've paid your bills. And it's um, it's a solution to cross-border credit and identity fraud, while at the same time expanding credit globally to 3 billion new people. So that's unbelievable. So Bloom's a platform to migrate all lenders to the blockchain, from mortgage providers to local credit unions, Lenders across the globe will be able to tap into far more comprehensive credit database and expand their market to 3 billion more people. Bloom could well be the future of credit. they got a really cute logo too. I love the logo. Remember, if you're not living on the edge, you take too much space. Get out of the road. Let somebody that wants to achieve come past because it's easier and much more rewarding to do the impossible than it is to do the ordinary. Aim for the stars. And that's a hell of a lot better than aiming for the gutter of succeeding. And if you're always trying to be normal, you'll never know how amazing you can be by not being normal. I don't like normal people. I hope you have a sensational week. I hope you can join me again next Tuesday. Well, I'll be again broadcasting from our studio on Hollywood Boulevard in Los Angeles, California, where technology meets entertainment. In the meanwhile, please continue to be successful because the alternative really sucks. This is Bob Pritchard. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.